I'm Dinah Pat, and you're listening to Brothers On Air. Welcome to the seventh episode of Brothers On Air, a podcast dedicated to bringing you classic radio shows as performed by the youth of the 21st century. This podcast is a project of CBHS Theatre, run by John Smiley. It stars our own Brothers on Stage talent and is directed, produced, and edited by students. All material is used for educational purposes and is not for profit. This week's show takes us back to 1950. The Thought originally aired as part of the NBC radio show, The Haunting Hour. Little is known about the actual show, as there was little to no information ever released about the crew behind it. What we do know, however, is that The Haunting Hour was a staple of the late 1940s. The show always followed the same format and could be relied upon to provide a half hour of entertainment. This week's episode stars Jeb Bryan as Marlo the Magnificent, Dinah Pat as Helen, Michael Marking as Jack, Blake Lira as Paul, Nina Grizzle as Marie, Katie Cotton as Mildred, Miriam Macario Rivera as the woman in the audience, and Carter Strickland as ensemble characters. Now, I want you to stay where you are. Do not break the stillness of this moment, for this is a time of mystery, a time when imagination is free and moves forward swiftly, silently. This is The Haunting Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, for your pleasure and amazement, the 78 Club presents the great Marlowe the Mental Marvel. Gifted with a seventh sense, the great Marlowe reads your mind, knows your every thought. Now I warn you, if you have a secret you don't want him to know, just don't think about it. Presenting the great Marlowe. Thank you, thank you. Frankly, I can't explain the performance you're about to witness. Science, without explaining it, calls it telepathy. Thought transference. I call it hokum. The gentleman calls it hokum. Maybe we will see. Now everybody in this room, concentrate. Think of a thing or a person. Concentrate. Think hard. Ah, I have a thought. Someone is thinking of the initials SG. Were the person thinking of SG, please rise. I've been thinking SG. Thank you. Young lady, are you concentrating on the name of Stanley Green? Is that right? Why, yes. Stanley is in the army, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. He's a sergeant. And you want me to tell you Stanley's serial number? It's uh, 34007767. Is that correct? I have another thought. Someone is thinking. Someone is thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, please bear with me a moment. I have to stop this performance. Believe me, it's important. I will be back very shortly. I told you it was hokum. What happened, Professor? Forgot your code. Uh, What's the idea stopping the act like that? Where is your telephone directory, Marino? What are you trying to do? Ruin my club's reputation? Shut up, Marino. Where's your... Oh, here. Now listen, Marlo, I pay you two grand a week. Glenwood, too. 
I expect to get my money's worth. Listen, will you please leave? Just as soon as I'm through with this call, I'll finish the act. All right, make it snappy. And close the door. Hello? Hello. I'd like to speak with Helen Thornton. This is Mrs. Thornton. Helen Thornton? Yes. Who's this? My name is Marlowe. A telepathist performing at the 78 Club. A few moments ago, during my act, I, I received a thought that is vital to you. Are you alone? Yes. Do as I say, please. Lock all your windows and doors. Allow no one in under any circumstance. If this is someone's idea of a practical joke... No, Mrs. Thornton. This is no joke. Someone in this nightclub is planning to kill you. Hello? This is Mildred, Helen. I just got in. Oh, I've been trying to get you for hours. I know it's very late, but could you come over? Helen, what's the matter? Oh, Mildred, I'm so frightened. I'm alone here. Well, where's Jack? He's out of town, and it's Marie's night off. Mildred, I don't know what to do. Well, what's wrong? You sound... Mildred, come over right away, please. You could spend the night. Oh... Helen, what happened? What's wrong with you? Oh, Jack! Helen! Helen, are you alright? Look, I'll be right over. No, Mildred, it's alright now. Jack's home. Well, what was the matter? I'll speak to you tomorrow. Alright, good night. Oh, Jack! What's the matter? What happened, darling? <laughs> Helen, Helen, for pray's sakes, what is it? Pull yourself together, darling. Here, come over here and sit down. There, that's better. Now, what is it, darling? Oh, Jack, I'm so glad you're home. It's been awful and I didn't expect you, and when I heard the door... I finished my business in New York sooner than I planned. I would have wired, but I thought I'd surprise you. I met Fred Hamilton on the train coming home. Remember the buyer from St. Louis? We stopped off for a drink downtown. Oh, Jack, you should have called me. As a matter of fact, I did try to call you about 11, just as we were leaving the 78 Club. The 78 Club? You... you were there? What is it, darling? Nothing. I'm all right now. Something's wrong, Helen. What is it? I guess I was just frightened being alone. You've been alone before, many times. Yes, but that call... <gasps> What call? Well, the police. There was a robbery in the neighborhood. Oh, that's it. That's why the door was double locked. Well, darling, there's nothing to worry about now. I'm here, all right? Yes, Jack. You're here. There. That's better. A good night's sleep and you'll be good as new. Yes, Jack. Now you lie there and relax, darling. I'll go to the kitchen and make you a cup of warm milk. Thanks, Jack. Hello? Pa, 
call. It's Helen. Didn't you get my message? I called twice. Yes, but I just got in. I thought you'd be asleep by now. Paul, you must help me. Please, please, Paul, there isn't much time. Helen, what's the trouble? He's going to kill me. What the? Jack's going to kill me. He came tonight. Helen, what are you talking about? Paul, you must believe me. Now, listen, Helen, you probably had a bad dream. Is Jack there? Yes. Please, you must believe me. I know he's going to do. Uh, I know what he's going to do. Well, we'll straighten this thing out. Let me speak to Jack. No. No, you mustn't. Please, he's coming now. You'll never see me again alive. Oh, goodbye, Paul. Don't bother folding up the dress, Marie. Just throw them in. Mrs. Thornton, isn't this kind of sudden you're going away? Don't ask questions, Marie. Hurry. Here, help me close this suitcase. You finish packing the other suitcase. I'm going down to get the car out of the garage. Good morning, Helen. Jack! You look so surprised to see me. Marie said you had gone. I didn't expect... I decided to come back. I see I caught you in time. I was just going over to Mildred's. So early in the morning? We have an appointment. For golf. Honey, in those clothes... I... well, I... Darling, it's all right. Helen, I'll tell you why I came back this morning. Frankly, I'm worried about you. Something's on your mind, I know it. Won't you tell me what it is? I'm all right. Okay, now listen to me. I had some very important business to settle with Paul this morning, but... You come first. You saw Paul this morning? No, I changed my mind on the way down and came back. Helen, you need a rest. You and I are going away. No, Jack. Yes. Now, there's no use arguing. I already made a reservation for this weekend. Where? Where are you taking me, Jack? Remember that cabin we stayed at three years ago? Oh. It'll be wonderful. Just the two of us, all alone. We'll drive out there tomorrow. Now, there's no need to fuss, either. Just a few old duds, my rifle... Your rifle? Yes, darling, my gun. The hunting season's on. The shooting at Lone Acre should be very good this year. Now, Helen, what's this all about? Paul, I had to see you. Yeah, but why here at Luigi's all the way across town? It's safer here. What's gotten into you? Jack's going to kill me. Helen? He is, Paul. Don't be ridiculous. That's what you told me last night over the phone. He's changed his plan. Oh, I see. And why, Mrs. Thornton, is your husband going to kill you? Because... because he's jealous of you. Jealous? <laughs> Jack, jealous of me. He knows what we once meant to each other before I married him. Why, of course he does. So what? Why, his winning you is a standard joke between him and me. Rivals in love, partners in business, and all that stuff. <laughs> Come on, snap out of it. I think I better talk to Jack about you. No, no, Paul, you mustn't. Promise me you won't. All right, Helen, if you say so. Jack's taking me to Lone Acres tomorrow. For a rest, he says. Good. It's just what you need. I'll never come back alive. Now, Helen, get a hold of yourself. Everything will be all right. Your imagination's overworked, that's all. You should go to Lone Acres for a rest. It'll do you a world of good. 
All right, I'll go, but I'm frightened, so frightened. We will be alone, and he'll have his gun. You know, Helen, sometimes I think I love this gun more than I do you. There, it's okay now. Clean of a whistle and ready for the work at hand. Say, the fog's lifting. You can see clear across the valley. Now, we'll get in some hunting today after all. Helen, what's the matter? You haven't said a word since breakfast. I'm alright. I've been wanting to finish this story. The Golden Goblet Murders. <laughs> you know, detective stories always hand me a laugh. Now, if I was planning a murder, I'd use a gun like this Springfield. Now, let's say, for instance, I wanted to kill... Well, say I wanted to kill... Me? All right. Say I wanted to kill you. Now, let's see. We have to have a motive, don't we? I have it. Motive. Jealousy. Jealousy? Yes. I'm jealous of Paul Allen. That's it. I'm jealous of Paul. I don't want to talk about it. Come on. Be a sport. Our murder plot's just beginning to get interesting. Now, let's see. We need a locale. Oh. Lone Acres. Right here. What a perfect setting for a perfect murder. Now, for the time... Yes, Jack. When are you going to kill me? Well, I shouldn't really tell you when I plan to kill you. But I will give you a break. This afternoon. How's that? We'll be out in the woods hunting. No one will be too near. No one to see what happens. A hunting season. A gunshot. You're dead. A regrettable accident. And there's our perfect murder. Helen, here, up this way. Follow this path around the bend here. Jack? Yeah? Would you mind if I went back to the cabin? Helen, I'm going to circle this hill. You wait here right here for me. Jack, Jack, please don't leave me here alone. A regrettable accident, Mr. Thornton. Doctor, I don't understand how it happened. Now, Mr. Thornton, it's really nothing serious. Just a shoulder flesh wound. Your wife is perfectly all right. When may I see her? We can go in right now. She's asleep. Go ahead and wake her up. She'll feel better knowing you're here. Helen? Helen, darling? <gasps> it's me, darling. Jack. Mrs. Thornton, it's your husband. Doctor, get him out of here! He's going to kill me! Please, Doctor, you must save me! Mr. Thornton, perhaps you'd be you'd better leave the room a while. Alright, Doctor. I'll wait outside. Doctor, Doctor, please don't let him in here again! You must believe me! He's planning to kill me! Mrs. Thornton, what happened was an accident. That's what he wants you to think. He planned it that way, but it wasn't an accident. Now, Mrs. Thornton, it's natural in cases like this for you to imagine strange things. Doctor, you think I'm crazy, don't you? But I'm not. I know what I'm saying. You yourself took the bullet out of my shoulder. Doesn't that prove he was trying to kill me? On the contrary, Mrs. T. On the scene of the accident, they found your husband with a thirty-two caliber rifle in his hands. The bullet I removed from your shoulder was a forty-five caliber pistol cartridge.
Marie. Marie. Yes, Mrs. Thornton. I'll be right up. I was just cleaning up the scullery, ma'am. Oh, Mrs. Thornton, you have the sling off. Yes, Marie. The doctor says the shoulder is okay now. Soon I will be playing golf again. Oh, that's fine, ma'am. I'm so glad. Were there any calls for me while I was out? Mr. Thornton called to tell you not to wait up for him. He'll be home very late. Oh, and Mr. Allen called too, Mrs. Thornton. Did he say what he wanted? No, ma'am. He said he'd try to get you later on. Oh, and Mrs. Thornton, I was thinking, do you suppose Mr. Thornton wants to keep this box of bullets downstairs on the open shelf? I was thinking it might be dangerous. Bullets? Yes, this box here. Let me see that box, Marie. Forty-five caliber cartridges. Forty-five caliber cartridges! At the scene of the crime, they found a thirty-two caliber rifle in your husband's hands. The bullet I removed from your shoulder was a forty-five caliber pistol cartridge. Evening. Have you a reservation, madam? No. I'm here to see the great Marlowe. Yes, madam, then... Perhaps a table on the side. This way, please. No, I've come to see him on a personal matter. He's expecting me. Oh, I see, madam. Albert, show this lady to the great Marlowe's dressing room. And when the doctor told me about the bullet he removed from my shoulder, I thought it was all a terrible mistake. I was even too ashamed to explain to Jack why I acted the way I did. Now, Mr. Marlowe, I'm sure what you told me over the phone that night is true. Someone is really planning to kill me. My husband. Are you sure the doctor said it was a forty-five caliber cartridge? Yes. A forty-five caliber cartridge, just like these Marie found in the basement. Does your husband have a pistol? I think so. He keeps his guns locked in the case. He has the only key. Mr. Marlowe, he tried once and failed. He will try again. You must help me. All right, Mrs. Thornton, I will do all I can. Where is your husband now? He's out on business. He'll be home late. Then we will have to work fast. I go on again at nine o'clock. I want you to go home immediately and find some way to open the case where your husband keeps his gun. I will call you as soon as my act is over. Mrs. Thornton, if you can, find a forty-five caliber pistol in that case. I think we can put an end to, the, to this affair. Hello? This is Marlowe. I opened the case. There wasn't a pistol. Mrs. Thornton. I've searched all through the house, and I can't find it anywhere. He must have it with him. Mrs. Thornton. What can I do? I can't stay here tonight. He will kill me. Mrs. Thornton, please listen to me. You must come down here immediately. A few minutes ago, during my act, I received the murder thought again. Mr. Thornton is in this nightclub. My husband is there now? Yes. Meet me in my dressing room. Be sure to come in through the back entrance and hurry. All right, Mr. Marlowe. Where am I supposed to be right now? Jack? But he said you were... You were standing there the whole time. You heard everything. Enough. It's not you. Then who was at the 78 Club? Me? 78 Club? Helen, are you going to tell me what this is all about? It's not you. Oh, yes, darling. I will tell you everything, everything. I should have told you before. I wanted to. Oh, Jack, I need you so much. Now, look here, Mr. Marlowe. 
I want to get to the bottom of this. Mr. Thornton and I have told you everything. Yes, well, then explain to me why at the very moment I was standing in my own house listening to my wife talk to you on the phone, you were telling Miss Thornton I was in this club planning to kill her. Oh, don't you see, Helen? This man is a cheap trickster. He's never even seen me before. Why didn't you come to me when all this started, darling? I was afraid. Because she thought you were the one, and so did I. That's why I assumed it was you sitting out there. Of course, I never saw you before you entered my dressing room a few minutes ago. You see, Mr. Thornton, I have a telepathic mind, not a magic eye. I know what your wife and I have told you is hard to believe. I don't know what your game is, but I'll find out soon enough. Come on, Helen. We're going to police headquarters. That won't be necessary, Mr. Thornton. The police are here right now, I told them. Huh? The police are here right now in this nightclub. Mr. Thornton, whether you believe it or not, your wife's life is in jeopardy. Someone in this club now is planning to kill her. Perhaps this will convince you. You own a forty-five caliber pistol with the serial number 75682. Why, yes, that's right. It's the pistol I reported missing. Yes, I know. The police told me tonight. Jack, why didn't you tell me? Well, darling, you've been so upset lately, I didn't want to cause you any more anxiety. That pistol, in all likelihood, the pistol which was used at the Lone Acres, an attempt on your wife's life, Mr. Thornton, that pistol was brought to this nightclub tonight by the person who was planning to kill your wife. The police found it concealed in the coat in the hat checkroom. Whoever claims that coat is Mrs. Thornton's intended, intended murderer. Why would anyone want to kill her? Who can it be? We will soon find out, Mr. Thornton. Do you recall the night you were in this club, the night I first received the murder thought? Yes. That night, did you see anybody here or were you with any- anyone who knows you and Mrs. Thornton very well. Well, let me see. Well, yeah. No, no, it couldn't be. Pardon me, please. We got him, Mr. Marlowe. Here he is. Mrs. Thornton, your intended murderer. Paul! That's right. He was here the night you received the murder thought. It was Paul all the time. It almost worked. Yes, and all the clues pointed to you, Mr. Thornton. Why? We were so friendly, the three of us. Friendly? More than that, Mrs. Thornton. Paul Allen was hopelessly in love with you. Mr. Marlowe, you're on. All right, I'm coming. Let's go, Allen. Thank you for listening to today's installment of Brothers on Air, The Thought. It featured Jeb Bryan, Dinah Pat, Michael Marking, Blake Lira, Nina Grizzle, Katie Cotton, Miriam Macario Rivera, and Carter Strickland, and was directed and edited by Dinah Pat. This has been a CBHS Theatre production.